Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Okay, so it's the time of year when people do charitable things. They do fundraisers. They, you know, help their kids sell Girl Scout cookies or their wife sell doTERRA. So let's talk about leaders and coworkers and vendors bringing that stuff into the workplace. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite, the Girl Scout cookies to the workplace. And then I buy from you, but then, oh, wait, somebody else brought them in. And what do we do? Yeah. And I don't mind the Girl Scout cookies because Girl Scout cookies are magical. But it's when people say, oh, my spouse just started selling Tupperware. Will you have a Tupperware party? And I'm like, oh, no. And I think that that especially creates a, a really kind of an uncomfortable environment. But when it comes to like fundraisers or the whole team taking part in a you know, a, a, a project for charity or something or toys for tots. I don't know. It, it's, it's, I think it's a sticky wicket. Well, I, I think it, I think so because there are people who care about different things and, and, and what you see happen all the time is you know, somebody who's either a strong personality or in my opinion, even worse, it's the boss and they pick their pet charity. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I'll be, I'll be candid. We had this conversation last week. <laughs> we so talked if, about this last time. Not sure what I'm talking about. Check out last week's podcast, but I'm going to be <laughs> candid here. Most charities I don't give a rat's tail about. You know, um, you know I'm a, well, I, I believe, I believe oh, in people sorry. helping themselves, you know, and that doesn't mean you don't give a hat, but most charities I think are, are giving fish, not teaching people to fish. And, and, and I'm involved with a nonprofit, and that's one of the things I've been trying to shift our board's mindset. I read an amazing book called If I Had a Water Buffalo by Marilyn Sher- No, Mar- crap. But anyway, it's called If I Had a Water Buffalo. And it's all about creating sustainable like projects that you can like back out of. I, let me help you help yourself, and then I'll get the hell out. and You'll be fine and empowered. But anyway, yeah. sorry. No, because I'm all about that. And then so many of these things are like, you know, let's just give, give, give something to people. I was like, well, I work for my stuff. Why don't they work for theirs? Right. That, I mean, and that's me. And that's who I am. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it. So there's conflict in the workforce when like I, I might come up with a charity that somebody else goes like, well, that's stupid. I don't care about turtles in backyard turtles, rescue turtles. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm an animal guy. I do support animal, we, uh, you know, a bunch of animal rescue things. And you may not just because you're wrong. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> the man cares more about turtles than humans. <laughs> turtles don't turtles make... can't get jobs. Right. So, <laughs> but, but I think this illustrates the point really well yeah. that everybody has their own priorities and, um, the reality is, all joking aside, my priorities are mine. That doesn't mean they're right. They're right for me. Yeah, sure. Your, your priorities are yours. They're right for you. It doesn't mean they're right for me. And so when you start doing this, you actually are opening up conflict, unhealthy conflict. And let's be clear about that. Unhealthy conflict in the workplace. Well, and, and yet so many 
companies have one of their cultural values as contributing to the community, helping others. You know, I mean, I remember at Under Armour when I was in the event on the events team, we had to create, and this was very early on, it was like 2003 or four when we were a very small company, but we had to create four very specific pillars of support because there were so many areas and the company had to pick what the company was going to pick to support. Um, and it had to kind of make that boundary and you're frozen with your tongue out right now. So I suspect the connection is poor. I hear you. Oh, there you are. Okay. Now you just moved. Um, so we had to pick what it was we were going to, going to stand for. And as a larger company, we picked four things. And so everybody could pick what they wanted to involve be involved with. So if it was Baltimore development, you could go work on the Habitat for Humanity house that we sponsored. If it was breast cancer, you could be a part of that project in October. If it was kids sports, you could go be involved in that. You know what I mean? You could kind of pick, obviously smaller companies don't have that option. So how would you recommend that companies do that now? Because a lot of people, especially younger generation, want to know that their company is doing good things for the world. Well, you know, and that's a really interesting point. I do know that there is a big movement in that direction driven by the younger generations. Um, there's a couple of things that come to mind. So first of all, as founders of a company, right? So where are you, where are you in your growth as a company? That, that That's number one. So I don't have as big an issue with a company, was it Bombas Socks? It donates um, socks to, to homeless people. Right? And, you know, their commercials are the number one thing requested by, by homeless folks. Okay. If I got hired by them, knowing that, okay, that's part of my agreement to come on board and be part of that team. Mm -hmm. right? And so when you're at that point in your development where you can, you know, and I think they did that from day one. Great. Right. And so now you're attracting people who at the very least don't have a problem with that. You know? I know coming in that that's part of what we're doing. And right. so, yeah, exactly. Yep. That right. makes perfect sense. Right. The challenge I think becomes for companies that are more well-established and larger. So a small company, and I've worked mostly in small companies, a small company with 10 or 15 or 20 people, you can come to a consensus you know, that fairly easily. You start getting 50 and more, probably not. Again, so now is it a closely held company where you have ownership, right? Mm -hmm. private close ownership, then really it's up to the owners, What? because it's, it's ultimately it's their money. Well, yeah. And though a lot of times with companies like that, you have the quote unquote, very family environment where it's not big enough that you just feel like you're, you work there, but it's not small enough that you have that level of connection with everybody, but you still have that family feel where people feel like the thing is personal. So it gets sticky, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But, but again, ultimately it's the owner's at that yeah. level, it's the owner's responsibility. What yeah. what what gets them excited? And some people and, and I think you have to be careful though, some people are not going to be on board. And if I would I would counsel caution against making it mandatory participation, right? right? Because you're gonna lose good people there that you might not lose otherwise. Mm -hmm. And eventually that culture would come around if if there's enough participation where people would just step into it, right? After a little bit of time as new people get there and they know this is like I said earlier, that's part of the culture and they'll just accept and adapt it. 
larger older companies, I think that doing what, what you did at um, Under Armour, I think is fantastic where you're picking four or, or multiple avenues. And I suspect once again, that they probably didn't make it required that you do something, <laughs> right? Nope. Right. And that's, I think that's the other piece. Don't require it. Well, and the cool thing, what they did was they gave you two paid days to take part in any charitable event, you know? So if you wanted to go work on the human habitat, the Under Armour Habitat for Humanity house, that could be one or two of your days. But if you wanted to go off and work at the turtle shelter that had nothing to do with Under Armour, that was fine too. So that was a really, it was a cool way to do it. So that's, that's, <clears throat> Really nice. So even if it's not one of the official, sorry, pistachio dust. <laughs> That's dangerous stuff. It is. Um, that I really like that because now you're saying, look, we have these official things that we support. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to join us in this. And there's probably a large number of people who you get to create those relationships with and, you know, who, who are doing that. But, you know, you're like, well, you, you know, I really prefer supporting the fairy shrimp. And I want to go dig um, vernal ponds so the fairy shrimp can live every year. And there's a fairy shrimp uh, a charity to do the vernal ponds forever charity. Go do you it. You know a lot about fairy shrimp, Dave. Yeah, a little bit. Fairy shrimp habitats? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You know what a vernal pond is, right? Nope. No idea. It's a puddle of water. Oh, got it. And so what happens is, I guess these fairy shrimp eggs lie dormant until there's a puddle of water and then they hatch and then they're an endangered species. So now you can't build on that property because of fairy shrimps. Where is this? All over California. Oh, fun. Yeah. It, don't get me started. Um, okay. Yeah. At any rate, um, yeah. Why is housing so expensive here? Because of the fairy shrimp, amongst, the fairy shrimp. amongst many of the Delta smelt. I could go on and on. Let's not oh, go the down Delta that. smelt. Don't get me started. Yeah. But back, back, back to our regularly scheduled program, folks. You want to create puddles so the shrimp will hatch. But I love that. You know, I could do that if I worked at Under Armour. That's and Under Armour supported you in that. And another way that I've seen it done, and this was I, I spoke to a a bank or a financial institution, I think they had banking and insurance and, and uh, investment stuff. So it was a bigger, bigger organization, but every month they did a fundraiser and you could donate to that. And they voted on what charity got the money. And it was from something like it didn't come out of your check. It was from something else that you earned dollars and then it went in or whatever, but each month it was voted on. And they ended up the month that I spoke there, they picked warm heart foundation which is the nonprofit that i work with oh. and all of a sudden they called me up and they're like hey we have this fundraiser thing that we do every month and you you know we decided to give this month's to you and so there's a check going to warm hearts and i was like what that's amazing but that was also a really cool thing because even if i didn't like what this month was going to you know it went to warm hearts in malawi and kenya last month but this month it's going to the fairy shrimp which i'm super excited about so it's kind of starts to bring everybody into whatever charity they're interested in i'm going to bring you into my dig a vernal pool um dot, dot org dot org yeah yeah okay. I, I i'm gonna get a t-shirt I, I think you need more than a t-shirt you're gonna be a board member all right i don't know if i want to be 
It doesn't matter. I like stomping in puddles, and I don't think that's good for the fairy shrimp. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, boy. All right. So, you know, we've talked about charities at, at length, and I think we should say for another time, because there's another gotcha, which is a bigger gotcha, which you alluded to in the beginning of this, which is the, mm. yeah, I, I'm sell, my wife's selling fill in the blank. You use doTERRA, but it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, my kid's fundraiser. That is a landmine waiting to happen. Why don't we discuss that next week? Let's do it, Dave. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for showing up and continuing to listen to our tomfoolery. All right. Take care, folks. See you next week. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. Yeah.